Hello, relatives. I'm Atika Wilbur. I'm from the Swinomish and Tulalip tribes, Hasla Hale. I'm a photographer, a filmmaker, a mama, and I'm really happy to be the co-host of this All My Relations podcast. Hi, relatives. Dr. Dr. Desi here. I am a citizen of the Northern Cheyenne Nation and Chicana. I am a researcher. I'm a professor. I direct the Data Warriors Lab. I'm a mama to Nota, a relative, and it's been so wonderful co-hosting season three of All My Relations. Mm-hmm. Well, we're here for some good things. We're going to get caught up and get current and um, I have some big news for you. So I'm just going to drum roll it. Des, go ahead. Tell them what's happening. <laughs> uh, okay. I don't know if it's good news, bad news. I don't know. We have news. So this is wrapping up, right? My time on the pod, at mm-hmm. least in a formal co-host role when I agreed to come on board uh, the online relations team. It was clear that I was just going to be here for season three and give uh, Dr. Adrian a break because she was doing all the things on her end to mm-hmm. um, keep being a professor and a, a scholar baddie. And so, yeah, it was... It was a great year, um, a run that we had on All My Relations, (laughs) recording all sorts of things. And I am just really thankful to be able to say that I contributed to this amazing pod, um, that my journey intersected that of Matika's again, and of course, all of the team. And now it's time for me to transition back into more of my research. Um, And I'm going to be taking my lab, the Data Warriors Lab, on the road. So we got a big influx of money through a phenomenal donor who has invested in the development of a Data Warriors Lab that's going to be mobile. So we're going to be on the road and buying a truck and a trailer, kind of similar to what Matika has done with Project 562, um, except we're going to be bringing the kind of building data capacity in tribal communities. So we're going to start um, on my reservation in Montana and kind of expand throughout that region. So hitting up Idaho, Washington, North Dakota, South Dakota, and the rest of Montana. Yeah, I'm getting a a four by four truck and we're going to be hauling a fifth wheel. um, And that way we're completely self-contained with our own, you know, sleeping area and food. And we don't want to be a burden to any community, but we want to come in a good way where we're invited to come, do the work that we are asked to do, train the folks that want to be trained and then leave in a good way and then move on to the next community and then circle back. Hopefully, if we're invited back in, Um, what kind of research projects are you doing, Des? Lots of different things. So it depends on what the tribes want. So we're really really being led by the communities themselves. So the first kind of round of this Data Warriors Lab is going to be focused on health data. So what type of health data tribal communities want to develop and build. So for example, in my community on Northern Cheyenne, we're going to be working on on language data. So figuring out how uh, COVID has impacted the state of the Cheyenne language because mm. we have lost so many of our language speakers over the last two years to COVID. Mm. So really kind of documenting that loss. What does that loss look like? What does that loss feel like? What does that loss actually mean for the future of our language? Mm. And putting together a database of the remaining language speakers and then identifying who wants to learn our language and kind of figuring out a plan that is uh, about, you know, revitalizing our language despite the significant loss and devastation that we experienced through COVID. So I think what the whole point of this next 
phase of the Data Warriors Lab is to really meet the needs of the community. We need to actually go on the road into communities and build data on our homelands, right? Mm. Where we have strength, where we have our power mm. and and do it there on homelands in partnership with tribal communities, um, answering the questions that that the people want answered and you know, doing all that work there in a place-based way that respects sovereignty, right? That affirms who we are as, as indigenous peoples, which to me is just what's so exciting about really getting on the road. So this summer is just a pilot. We're doing three communities and then hopefully we're gonna be able to get more money and just keep on rolling. So that's gonna be what I do with my time, my, all my spare time, of course. <laughs> all the spare time that I've been using on the pod is gonna go to, um, to the Data Warriors Lab. To in, living in a in an RV. Like. To living in a in a fifth wheel. Yeah. So we'll see <laughs> how that life goes. on the road. Yeah. The data Warriors. Exactly. How exciting, Desi. Yeah. And are you publishing anything or have you published anything recently? I can't keep up with all the projects. Yeah. So Adrian and I, uh, we have a whole big, big survey project out right now, which is so cool. Like, so Adrian and I have known each other like since we were babies, which is really funny. Like literally, like I think I was 15 or maybe 14 when I met Adrian. And, you know, we've never collaborated on a scholarly work. Um, we've collaborated, of course, on this pod, but never on a piece of scholarship. And so it's really exciting that I'm a survey researcher, right? And that's my bread and butter. And that's what I love to do. And Adrian is the baddie when it comes to native appropriation and so we've combined forces and we are doing a big national survey on native appropriation and how native peoples actually think about native appropriation so it's called native voices on native appropriation and so we're um, collecting a survey right now um, to see you know what do folks who are native peoples what do we actually think about native appropriation is it a thing is it a problem how do we consider it a problem are we who's more impacted by it Um, how do we feel about it um, all sorts of things like that so that project is actually live now and we'll have some data soon so it's really exciting to actually collaborate with Adrian and we'll have some publications out which is which is pretty cool and um, other than that there's just so much but I guess ultimately I'm just really thankful and I am so thankful to be able to do the work that I do because I get to ask the questions that we need answered, that our Native communities need answered, that our people need answered. And I get to help answer those questions, right? Using resources, pulling in, you know, different methods, bringing in different data, and uh, arming our communities with the information that we need to create our own policies, shape our own futures, you know, to direct investment and money um, into the things that actually are meaningful to us. And that's an exciting thing. Um, I'm really grateful for the work that I'm able to do every day to be a professor to to be a teacher my students are so awesome like I always tell my students like they make me cry all the time because they're just so amazing and you know I often wonder whether academia is the place for me especially long term because I do see myself so much more uh, as a community researcher as somebody who's in community doing the work but I know that there is a need that I fill and the work that I'm doing right now at UCLA. And I'm, I hope to continue to, to do that for as long um, as I can, um, while also being mindful of the fact that there's so much work to be done in all of our different, you know, spheres. Like, you know, it's as Native peoples, it's like 
we wear all the hats all at the same time, right? Like there's so much work to be done. We all have all these different career paths that we are all envisioning, right? And it's like, to me, we're gonna tap in and tap out of different career paths and different things as our lives and our journeys unfold. And so I'm really looking forward to making myself obsolete in the work that I do in the academy because I also really just like wanna bake pies and garden and, (laughs) you know, like feed people and you know have an art gallery and um, all the things that also bring me joy outside of fighting for visibility and um, you know pushing the research agenda that that is so important but also very taxing and exhausting so Mm -hmm. there's just a lot to be done Um, I'm also really excited to just be more present for Nota you know I'm I Mm. have only one child and I'm not young and I probably will only have one child and that's okay but I'm also really cognizant of the fact that he's five and a half he'll be six and you know he's at this really silly fun age and I want to be more present for him. And I know that that is something all of us who are working moms, working parents struggle with, right? Mm. Is how do we be more present? How do we hang on to these very fleeting moments? And I, for one, don't always get it right. I often don't get it right. And my son is so forgiving and so generous in continuing to affirm that I am the mother that he needs, right? And that I can do this. Um, And so I want to really also kind of focus on that journey of motherhood a bit more. Um, So transitioning off of the pod means transitioning back into lots of other things that are important in my life, but also hopefully being able to tap back into pod life. So I do know that like, I want to do a really dope episode on data, it'd be really cool to do an episode on the road, you know, in the data warriors lab in a community, you know, talking to folks interviewing folks, what does it look like to do these camps? So I'm calling these camps, they're in good relation data camps where we're in community, building the data. Um, So I'd love to do an episode like that on data and data sovereignty and you know what indigenous data futures actually look like on the ground in in our communities there's also just lots of other things i'd love to take part in and and weigh in on as the pod unfolds and i know that there will be opportunity to do so so this isn't the last time you'll hear from me i think it's the last time you'll hear from me and like whatever official co-hosting capacity this is. Um, But it's going to be so cool to have Adrienne back and she's going to resume her regular, you know, co-hosting title. Um, I think, Matika, you guys are also thinking about bringing in like visiting co-hosts for like specific topics, right? Like this is going to kind of be a new format moving forward. Yeah. And we also want to try to build our capacity and bring on more storytellers, you know. Yes. And that's kind of the big goal for me is to see how we can create a cohort or um, an army of storytellers. (laughs) Yeah, that's so exciting. That's the big goal for me. Well, thank you so much, Desi, for for spending this time with us and for all that you offer. It's really, um, it's a really special thing to get to, to be in the same room with Dr. Dr. Des because you have an incredible energy and the way you think about things is, is inspiring, I think, for, for me, for our audience, for your students. And so I just love you. I love the work that you do. And um, I'm really happy that you spent some time with us, you know. And I, I also don't think that um, 
I also don't think of it as like you're leaving because I'll be calling. So <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. There will be more. <laughs> I'll be back. Girl, yeah. you know. Girl, we can't girl get, you know. We can't get rid of each other. We'll be around. You'll see me again. But it's, it is great to formally, you know, close this part of the journey and welcome Adrian back on board. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just Nia-ish. Thank you to... You, Matika, to the listeners, to all of the funders and the team and the village that makes this possible. It's been a real blessing um, to be a part of this work because I know that what we talk about actually reaches the people who need to hear it. Mm. And I get the feedback from so many people in so many different arenas and in so many different places like native folk non-native folk who are like hey we heard you on the on this episode of all my relations and i learned this or it made me cry or it made me mad or you know i i'm i'm all riled up to create change in this way or it really made me reckon with this or that and i'm like wow like this pod is making a difference it really is. And how lucky to have been a part of that for a short period of time. Well, a thousand thank yous. Tiguitzitzi, I raise my hands to you and and have nothing but love for you, Des. So thanks so much. Love you, woman. And love to all of you on the pod who continue listening. Okay, folks. <laughs> um, well, that was a big moment, and I am so eternally grateful to Desi, Dr. Dr. Des, for everything she's doing. And I'm really also excited to be thinking about what comes next. And I'm really happy that Dr. Adrian, Dr. Keen, is coming back for the next season. Hi, Adrian. Hello. I am here. I am back. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I mean, listening to Des, I'm just so appreciative of her taking the time to step in. Um, I'm just continued to be uh, one of her biggest fans with all of the work and research that she is doing. And like she mentioned, it's been really exciting because it's reconnected us to on um, our scholarly pursuits. And now we're working on this really cool survey project together. So overall, I think it was a net win of bringing in Dr. Dr. Des. So yeah, I'm back. <laughs> You've been gone uh, for about how long has it been? About a year and a half since since really? you were the host of this podcast. I think it's been that long. I think it has. I don't. Honestly, I'm pretty bad with dates, so maybe <laughs> I don't know. It's been a while. Well, I mean, we were still in the middle of the pandemic when it all happened. I mean, not that the pandemic is over. God. <laughs> You just had COVID yourself. I did, along with like everybody else. But I was one of the lucky people to, so I got it at graduation, which was awful. Um, I hadn't really been around people. And then I get to see everyone and celebrate graduation and then got COVID. So that was not fun. And then I took Paxlovid and was one of the unlucky people to get a Paxlovid rebound. So I got sick and I got better and then I got sick again. So I have been dealing with COVID for well over a month, which is not fun at all. But I'm feeling better finally. Um, And now just trying to, you know, get back to real life after 
COVID haze. So let us know what's going on. Where are you at right now? I am finally back in Providence. For the past year, I, well, yeah, about a full year, I have been living in Southern California. Um, I was on sabbatical from my job at Brown, um, and I had this really cool fellowship called the Civic Media Fellowship through the Annenberg Media Lab at USC. And it was the coolest opportunity because I got to be in community for nine months for a school year uh, with all of these. I was the only academic in there. So it was artists and writers and filmmakers and uh, private chefs and people thinking through like photographers, organizers, like just a really amazing group of people um, thinking through all kinds of different like tough social issues through these beautiful artistic lenses. And it really, really helped me to think about my own work and like open up my eyes to the different avenues that I could be uh, pursuing with some of the topics that I really care about. I got really into making a lot of beadwork and artwork and baskets and was just really inspired by being in that community. And it was also nice to skip winter and not have East Coast winter and be close to my family and be with my grandma for the last few months of her life. Um, she passed away in April. So that was really important for me to be there too. So now I'm back and trying to remember what it's like to live on the East Coast during the summer when it's really, really hot and really, really humid. Um, trying to remember what it's like to podcast, trying to remember what it's like to be a professor, all of these things. I mean, the main reason I took a break was to try and finish my academic book, and I am embarrassed and disheartened to report that I did not do that. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not done. Um, it has to be done. Uh, there's no excuse anymore. So hopefully in the next few weeks, it will be done. Um, my final, final deadline was at some point while I was dealing with COVID. So we'll see. Academic books are hard. Um, and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so this is the book. I mean, listeners who have been listening to the podcast for a long time um, probably remember this because I've literally been working on this book for eight years at this point. Um, it is called College Pride, Native Pride, Building Indigenous Futures Through Higher Education. And it is about College Horizons, which is the pre-college access um, program for Native students that Desi and I met at when we were teenagers. And I have been involved with pretty much ever since. So almost 20 years of involvement with this organization. I love them all very, very much. And that is also what has made it really hard to write this book is because I am so full of love for the organization and the people in it. It feels really hard to write a book about it. But yeah, if I want to get tenure, um, the book needed to be done like a year ago. So we'll see what happens. You did um, you did finish your Native Appropriations book, though. Um, oh, it's not like the Native Appropriations book, but the other book. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that small thing. Um, small I did thing. write a whole other book. Notable Native People. Yes, I wrote Notable Native People. It came out in October, um, which was... So exciting, also really scary, uh, and a source of a lot of fear and anxiety, none of it which ended up being uh, founded. Everyone has been so supportive. I've gotten such amazing feedback about it, and it's been really wild and kind of mind-blowing to like see where the book has gone in the world and people send me pictures of it in like gift shops in rural Alaska or at the Portland airport like <laughs> that totally blew my mind um, that it's in the airport 
um, and talking to teachers about how it's been so useful, talking to people in the book about how it's um, opened up new opportunities for them. So overall, um, I feel really, really grateful about that experience. Um, and a little sad that like it came out during the Omicron wave. So like we couldn't do any sort of real like book tour publicity. Um, but even so, um, it's been amazing to see it go out in the world. Mm. Do you want to read any of like your favorite parts? Can you just shower the audience with some Adrian words and thoughts? Um, Okay, this is from the intro, which I titled Into an Indigenous Future. I love that. The United States as we know it has not always existed. There is a deep and rich legacy of people inhabiting these lands long before the first European colonists arrived and altered the course of history. The lands in what is currently known as the United States encompass the homelands of 574 federally recognized American Indian tribal nations, as well as hundreds more state recognized and non-recognized tribal nations. In addition, through later acts of land seizing, and in the case of the Hawaiian Kingdom, illegal overthrow, our extended indigenous community also includes Kanaka Maoli and Alaska Native people. These three groups encompass vast diversity, innumerable cultural groups, nations, languages, histories, experiences, struggles, and joys. Indigenous people are the first people of the lands around the world. To be indigenous is to be of a place, to have creation stories of how your people emerge from the land and to be connected to a community from that place. As the first people of their respective lands, American Indian people, Alaska Native people, and Kanaka Maoli have expertly stewarded and cared for the land, built vast cities and societies, utilized democratic governance, and carried and shaped cultural practices and traditions for centuries. But because of the destructive legacy of settler colonialism, most Americans know very little about Native people beyond the stereotypes of Hollywood Indians, igloos, or Hawaiian grass skirts. But our reality is much different. We have and have always had leaders across sectors from science, art, and activism to education, fashion, politics, and beyond. Yay! Yay! Yay. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, while I am being uh, probably overly harsh on myself about not finishing the academic book, I did write and finish and publish an entire other book, and it's one that is full of incredible, beautiful stories of uh, Native folks from history and today, mostly today. It has heavy queer representation. It has lots of Black Native representation. Um, It has folks across different, um, all of these different fields. And each person, I tried to let them tell a broader story than just their own um, and making sure that it highlighted a bunch of different topics and issues throughout our communities. So, It was a lot of work. I hope that it lives on and is useful for people. Um, But that was, yeah, that was what I was spending a lot of my time on this past year. Well, I love it so much, Adrian. Not because I'm in it, but I do love that. But (laughs) (laughs) I love Uh, it because I forgot what page you're on, but Matika is in it. And so is Alma B in the the image. (laughs) I love it because um, when... We're in bookstores, and I'm with my baby. She'll go, look, Mommy, it's our people. And she likes to go and open the book up and find her picture. Um, And I think that she knows already at two years old that that she has representation when she walks into a bookstore is, like, powerful and profound beyond measure. 
And so I think it's the kind of book that I had wished and hoped for as a child that I really needed. You know, I needed to see that our people were worth celebrating. And so I'm really, um, I'm really proud of it myself (laughs) for you. (laughs) I feel really proud for you. I'm really happy about that. It lives in the world. And I hope that, um, that you feel that way, Adrian, that you feel like really good about what you're, it's a really important contribution, you know? So thank thank you you for doing it. I appreciate that. It truly is like hard to wrap my head around that. Like you can literally walk in a Barnes and Noble and like Mm -hmm. anywhere and find my book and find the stories of all of these incredible people uh, and the beautiful artwork by uh, Sierra Sana, who you all know and love from all of her artwork for the podcast. So, so much of that book came out of the community that we have built with all my relations. Having Sierra as the artist, like getting in contact with the press, like it was all through the work that we do here. So I am very grateful to AMR for that as well. Well, we are sort of just recording this episode to get y'all to get y'all current and to say we're still here. <laughs> we have a new season coming out soon and we have some really exciting things coming. We are doing a live podcast recording, our first live podcast recording at uh, Santa Fe Indian Art Market. I'm kind of terrified about it, but I think it'll be great. It's going to be at... Form and Concept, which is an amazing gallery um, down in the rail yard in Santa Fe. Um, We are hammering out the details very soon Mm -hmm. um, and going to be posting it all over social media and uh, letting folks know uh, about how you can get tickets. We're going to have some special guests. We're going to be talking with each other and also with some local Santa Fe folks. So I think it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time. There's going to be partnerships. There's going to be a mixer. Adrian's going to boogie. I'm going to boogie. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have merch. It's exciting. Mark your calendars for the weekend of Santa Fe Indian Market, which runs from August 18th is the Thursday all the way through. There's stuff going on through the 22nd, which is Monday. It will be at some point during that weekend. We'll let y'all know if you're going to be there for the event. Um, hopefully you can come and hang out with us. There are some really amazing things cooking. Oh, yeah. And we also have really exciting things coming up in Santa Monica. We're doing some live podcast recording the week before Thanksgiving. So mark your calendars. It's going to be a dope conversation about native representation in Hollywood. We're going to be showing some films. We're going to be talking with some really exciting people. So I'm I'm really excited about this next season. And just to be going into our uh, season four sacred number, you know, it's going to be a good sacred year. (laughs) Just so sacred. (laughs) Well, stick with us relatives for super sacred and uh we hope to talk to you again very soon thanks to all the people that make this possible all my relations